I'm Coach Tony Miller, and you're listening to a Quick Timeout Podcast. We have conversations with basketball coaches from around the country focused on specific topics designed simply to help grow the game. Thanks for tuning in to Coffee with Coaches presented by Quick Timeout Podcast. Before we get to our guest, I want to thank our sponsors at Dr. Dish Basketball. Their shooting machines are the best, in my opinion, on the market, which is why top colleges and high school programs around the country use Dr. Dish. I'm excited, extra excited today for this read because we just ordered our CT, our brand new CT model. So that's on the way for our BJU Bruins program. And I can't wait to have that for our guys. So if you're interested more in Dr. Dish, you can visit their website at drdishbasketball.com. Today's guest is entering her first season as an assistant coach on Coach Mike Neighbor's staff at the University of Arkansas. She is Coach Chantel Osahor. Coach, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. So we're primarily going to talk about rebounding. There's a reason for that. But before we dive into that, I kind of wanted to remind people of who you were. And maybe for those that can remember back just a few years ago, Chantel was an All-American post player at Washington. But maybe one of the things that she's most remembered for is her flat-footed, left-handed three-point shots. I mentioned that because I do want to ask a question about that, but you shot 37% from three, and that's a true 37%. I looked it up. That's on 129 attempts. So we're not talking about one of these post players who has like a high percentage because they shoot eight attempts or whatever. But I wanted to ask you, where did the mechanics come from for that shot? And that's a great percentage for anybody who shoots it. So how did you develop that kind of accuracy? You shot, I was looking at your numbers. I mean, you were like 35, 37, 35, 37. So that was like consistency over your four years too. Yeah. I mean, growing up, so I played on like the same AAU team and that coach I played for in high school. And, you know, growing up, we all shot from the three, like it didn't matter. There was no, you know, we were positionless back then, which was nine, 10 years ago. So you know, I always shot it the way like that. I never, never jumped. It, I don't even know. I can't even tell you how I, how I learned how to do that. I just always shot like that. And I've been fortunate that all the coaches that I had never wanted to change it. So thankfully it, was, it worked out pretty well. It was, it looks almost like a free throw that you're shooting, but it's quicker. Right. And I mean, that there's no like art compromised or mechanics compromised or anything like that. It was very yeah. impressive. Thank you. I, thank you. And search your name and it'll be one of the first things that you see. And the first time I saw it, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> then it's a reel basically of you shooting them over and over. So it's not just one time. It was really yeah. impressive. It was really Thanks. impressive. Okay. Thank so you. let's actually talk about the rebounding part of things. So, you know, here are just a few of the stats for those that are, are listening and watching. Career 1,000 points, career 1,000 rebounds as a senior, average 15.3 rebounds a game, 30 double-doubles. By the way, both of those led the nation your senior year. Uh, and then you also had eight games of 20 or more rebounds. So, I mean, it's safe to say you're an expert in this topic. And I'll, I'll start with it this. Generically speaking, do you feel like rebounding is more of an art or is it a science? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think it's a little bit of both, but I definitely say it's way more of a science. I, that's just my opinion. I think, you know, it's it's more about want. And I think it's really interesting if you, you go look at some of the best rebounders in the country, specifically on the women's side, they're all 6'1 or shorter. 
which I think is really unique because there's a lot of there's a lot of six five and over and they don't get nearly as many. And I think some of the best in the country are shorter. And I think it's just it's just a want. Kids want to go get it. Um, is there a little bit of an art to it? Sure. I think you know knowing where it's coming off off of the rim. I, I've always been told you know if it's on one side, seventy percent of the time it's going to come on the opposite side. Mm-hmm. So you know if you got to position yourself over there. So I definitely think um, there is an art to it, but I definitely more of a believer of it's it's more of a want i'll come back and follow up on a couple of things you said because i think you're spot on again just one coach speaking but i do want to hear more about like maybe the thought process and things that you're watching and that kind of thing while you're on the court but right now kind of again introduction wise talking about rebounding we can split it up offense defense let's talk first about the defensive side do you teach now as a coach, you know, a couple of years, we, we were talking beforehand at Drake and now you're Arkansas and working with, with kids. Do you teach a box out across the board to every position? Or do you feel like when you're closer to the basket, a certain technique further away, certain technique, and then also the, the side of the pursuit that you just talked about, like teaching kids to pursue the basketball. I personally feel like it's easier to talk about than it is to get them to do and to teach it sometimes. So maybe some thoughts on those things. Yeah, that's a good question. So, you know, here at Arkansas and even when I played for Coach Neighbors, it wasn't something where, you know, his his big philosophy is just try, you know, try and go get it. If you try, at least you'll at least have a chance to at least get it. So here I wouldn't say we necessarily work a lot on box outs. Even me personally, like if anyone goes and watches my game, I really wasn't a player that boxed out. I went to just go get it. I knew where it was coming off the rim and things like that, and I had really good timing. So I think it's more so, yes, is there times where, like, you need to box out? Sure. Um, Are we showing the same techniques to guards and posts? Sure, in some ways. But I think, you know, you also got to know who you – who your kids are. There are some kids that don't need a box out. They just can go get it. There's some kids that need a box out. There's guards where they're away from the rim. So it's good for them to check first to see where their player is and then just go get it. Um, I just think there's a lot of different ways to, to teach how to go rebound. It doesn't necessarily have to mean you have to go block out every single time to go get a rebound. You spoke to the first answer about that idea of reading the angles correctly. And I, I try to explain it to the players and you can almost sometimes you know, see them if they I've, I've realized that they're not always taught that I it right. sounds obvious to us as coaches. And then when you sometimes tell it to some players, they'll get it. But, you know, other times they kind of look at you like, what are you what are you talking about? That's math. I don't do math. So, I mean, even talking about the angles uh, for you when you were playing beyond the go to the opposite side of where the shot is taken. Were there times where you knew a shot was going just simply based off of the arc of the shot or where it was taken or um, how the person shot the ball? Yeah, so I, I, necess- I necessarily didn't look at how they shot it. Um, but once it was released, I'm, I'm looking at the ball in the air, just seeing where it's going. So there's sometimes like you can know like, oh, it's short if you're looking at where it is, if it's going to hit the side of the backboard, if it's going to hit the front of the rim. Uh, there's different things I think you can look at the moment that ball's released. So doing that type of stuff, I think it was a lot easier for me personally. But I just think there's some stuff with that that's kind of really hard to teach. It's just a knack for knowing where the ball is. So that's something I would love to hear your opinion on as well, because I think I struggle poaching and teaching that uh, when it comes to rebounding. But I definitely think there are some some angles and the way the ball can come off and looking at it coming off of somebody's hands in the air specifically of where it's going to fall. 
So actually about a year ago, I think it was, I actually wrote an article about this. It's on the fast model website on their blog okay. section. And I think it was entitled something to the effect of like the art of rebounding. It wasn't all my research. I have heard of coaches that have done it before, but um, some previous research and studies and things that have been done, something interesting, like you said, you take a shot from, let's say like the corner. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think it's directly on the opposite side. Right. It's actually, if you come up just a few angles, it's kind of like a, a, a V off of where the front of the rim would be, but still on that opposite side. Right. And, and I think that probably for you, as well as what, I, what I've observed from other rebounders and even remembering back to when I was playing, it ends up becoming off, almost like instinct because you've seen shots, you've been underneath there right. long enough that you watch the ball and it becomes instinct of, I'm pretty sure the ball is going to bounce there. And it doesn't bounce there all the time, but probably for you in a 30 rebound game, which I saw you had, a lot of those where you knew where to at least position yourself to create space to be able to to get the rebound. For so sure. I think I think probably it's the having played and, and watch it long enough. But I think it's also like you said, if kids spend all their time on the perimeter and never are underneath watching where the ball is going or even attempting to pursue it, then they never even get that chance to build that instinct to know where the shot is going. So I'm I totally agree with you. I think it's the I think Coach Neighbors is right on it from the just go get it type of thing because mm -hmm. it then becomes a now I know where to run. Like right. you're not going to run the wrong place five times. Right, exactly. After a couple of times, you're going to be like, all right, this is where I think I need to go. Right. Uh, and that kind of leads me to what I want to talk about next because if I'm not mistaken, your senior year, 3.5 of those rebounds were offensive rebounds, and that's good for like top 50 in the country. And so on the offensive side, do you have any tips beyond what we've just been talking about following the flight of the ball as far as rebounding goes, either technique or positioning wise? Because, again, you're talking now about I've got a defender in between me and the basketball rather yeah, than just right. me already being in the right position and holding my space. Right. Yeah, I think. um Again, our coaches, my coaches did a really good job, depending where you are, right? If that defender's really underneath, it's important to push them under the basket, see if you can get a rebound from that. I am not the best person to ask for offensive rebounding because I did not think I was good at it. So that's funny that you said I had, I didn't even know I had three and a half. I think I was lucky half the time that I got those. So I never wanted to just go on the offense to go offensive rebound, but um, I think there's definitely different things that we were taught, whether you push somebody under or you swim and you get under because they're already on your back and maybe you have a guard drive to the rim and you can get in front of them. Um, I think there is different ways um, when you have guards who could shoot it too. And you're in practice, so you know where the ball's coming off on their hands as well. So um, you see someone getting the shot up and maybe you're running in transition. We were a transition type team, so we ran. So you see, you know, any type of guard that we had, throw that ball up, go get it. Some of your chances to go get a couple buckets. I would imagine too, kind of if you, for you all, you knew that those early shots were coming Correct. probably for the majority of the time when you're playing an opponent, who's not necessarily used to that. Right. Somebody like you is getting the position early and establishing a spot to be in for that early shot so that you can at least be in it. Right. So maybe a little bit different from, what most teams are playing, the style most teams are playing. Uh, you mentioned one, but you know, just maybe talk about it a little more for somebody that's listening to this, either as a coach or a player, and talking about maybe secrets or tips for being a, a more dominant rebounder. I mean, even make it as simple or as, as obvious as, you know, positioning yourself opposite of the ball or, or footwork or, like you said, the swim move. Some people may not know what that is. Do you have any 
tips or secrets for being a dominant rebounder? Yeah, I think my number one thing I would say is like, you got to switch your mindset. You got to want it. So I think all that stuff that can be taught is important, but that all, that all can be taught to you. So I think you want to be a good rebounder. You got to go get it. You may miss it, but if you have that mindset before you know it, you're going to get one, you're going to get two, you're going to get three. And then before you know it, you're, you're doing things that a coach didn't even teach you of how to go and pursue that ball. So I think it's number one, switch that mindset. Like I'm a rebounder. I want every single one. And I think you start there. Did you ever set yourself goals for a game or did it just kind of like naturally come? Yeah, no, it naturally came. And then that's where I'm saying. So my senior year, I wasn't never even had a thought of how many I wanted to average. And then I had one game I'm averaging, I'm, I get 14, I get 16. And I'm like, wow, like, let me see if I can keep doing this. So I'm just going, going, going. And before you know it, I averaged 15 in a, a season. So for me, it was, it just started, I just got them. And before you know it, I'm like, heck, I can do this every game. Yeah. And it became a challenge. I'm like, you know what? Like, let's see how many double doubles in a row I can get. Let's see how many rebounds I can get every game. And, you know, before you know it, it's stuck there. The best basketball coaches are relying on data more than ever. That's why coaches love Huddle Assist. With Assist, you'll get full game breakdowns, including complete team and player stats, in less than 24 hours. Your stats are ready when you need them. And Assist is more than just a box score. Use interactive reports like shot charts and advanced stats like lineup data, VPS, and of course, effective field goal percentage to coach smarter. Plus, Assist brings your stats to life. Every stat is marked on the video at the moment it happened. See every shot, turnover, rebound, and much more with just a few clicks. Want to see how Huddle Assist is elevating basketball? Visit huddle.com assist. That's huddle.com assist to find out more. Coach, really quickly, let me tell you about a brand new app called Wildcard. It's a social engagement platform specifically designed for youth sports teams. You, your players, their parents, people are going to love this thing. The app allows you to create virtual training programs, manage schedules, give player and game reports, and post player videos and highlights. I've checked out the platform, and I highly recommend you give Wildcard a look. Especially in this climate, with a lot of us having limited or even no contact with our players, Wildcard allows you to stay connected and build culture with your players through the use of technology. Right now, there's a special promotion for a quick timeout listeners. You can download and use the app for free, but you must do so within the first two weeks of the release of this episode. So check the link in the show notes to download and start using Wildcard with your team today. You're going to love it. I know for coaches will often they know this but they often will motivate players i think it's good for them to remind them of this but i would guess that out of your three and a half offensive rebounds a game you probably got two to three field goal extra field goal attempts off of those so i mean that's potentially six points probably you you got fouled so that's an additional maybe seven or eight points a game and you tell most kids do you want to score eight points a game or do you want to score 13 points a game and right. they're all, duh. Well, all you have to do is rebound. Right. So I don't know if anybody ever threw that carrot in front of you, but I I, I know that's worked on some players before. Yeah. See, for me, I was fortunate. Um, you know, there was plays that were run for me, but, you know, I try to do that as a coach now because we're a very guard-oriented team. People that have watched us, you know, we're just, we're up and shooting. So really having kids embrace their role by telling them, hey, like, just because you may not touch the ball on this side of the floor, 
you could still score eight to 10 points a game if you're going to get that rebound because our kids are going to shoot it. You have opportunities. Yeah, for sure. Um, talking about, uh, as a coach, from a coach's perspective, about drilling rebounding, I've had this discussion with coaches before, and I know it's buried, and some will focus extensively on it. Yeah. I'm sure you've been a part of this, where we set the ball on the ground, and you and a partner, and you box them out for one and a half minutes, the most unrealistic, non-related yeah. rebounding possibility. I understand the point of it. Um, I'm guessing you don't do that now, no. but how do you, how do you drill it? Are you doing five on five? Are you enforcing it during a, a, a drill? What does yeah. that look like? That's exactly what we do. So I don't, I wouldn't say we ever have a quote unquote rebounding drill where we're just, you know, going at it, but every drill is a rebounding drill. So we emphasize whether it's, you know, we're playing five on five, three on three, whatever, the defense gets it, they get a point. If the offense gets it, they get two points and they're back on offense. So it's just finding ways to enforce that rebounding is important without having to specifically say, this is a rebounding drill. So you have played for Coach Neighbors, um, coaching under him now. What, you know, he's well known in, in coaching. What what separates him, whether that's talking about what we're talking about here or just in general, what separates him from some of the others that you've observed or worked for? Um, how he's not afraid to be different and to do things a different way. You know, he's he's def- definitely unique um, in the way he thinks and the way he goes about things. And it's kind of not afraid to be different. And it's awesome. You know, I, maybe you've seen how he does about like the whole load management and how we practice. And, you know, we don't practice very long, but it's worked. And that's why we peak in March. You know, he goes about things in a different way and he's super unique. But because of that and, you know, kids buy in and he's just super, super laid back and he does his thing and it works. That's the thing. He's an evidence guy and he's been doing it now. He's a head coach for seven years and it's worked. Yeah, we, so we have the privilege here at Bob Jones. We're in Greenville, South Carolina. If those of you that follow SEC basketball, this is typically where the tournament is held, at least in the last few years. Uh, we're fortunate to be very close to the arena where it's played, and so we have a lot of the teams will come and practice. And Arkansas was actually just here last about six yeah. months ago. And, you know, I, I was watching, observing the practice, got there when their time started, and when their time started, they came in and just shot around and he interacted with the girls and this went on for 45 minutes. And I thought, when is this going to start? (laughs) It started. And when it started, it was very focused and they went very hard for not as long as even the beginning session started. And then they went out and won several games, at least I can't remember which, how many they won, but uh, I think it's probably different. I I just wanted to say that to kind of give people an inside look as to it doesn't always have to be regimented for two hours. Right. Um, so yeah, something else I, I would wanted to ask about just you having played at Washington, mm-hmm. spent some time professionally, you are still a young coach. Correct. And so being able to remember what it was like to be a player and maybe right. for us coaches, my age and even older who have been separated from that a little bit, What do you feel like maybe in this generation um, to connect with kids better, to motivate them better and to get the most out of them? What kinds of things should we be doing and keeping in mind? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think um, with these type of kids, you know, they're really looking for connection. So I think um, finding ways to have and establish really good relationships with them off the court 
and then on the court, it's really, it's a lot easier to be demanding and, and get the best out of them. Um, I also think it's really important, these kids with social media, me included, you know, they, they really need to be told why they're doing things, how to do things, but especially just emphasizing the why, because kids are just like, they get bored and they're just, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? So really um, letting them know why things are doing it, why they need to be in this spot, I think is really important to get them to really stay engaged and understand like, hey, this is why we think you can be great. What kinds of things are you guys doing? Very unique time right now at the time of this recording we're talking about again. What are you doing to stay connected with your players and build that connection that you were just talking about is so important? Yeah. So you see how like for the last month or month and a half now, you know, um, coaches, we can actually, you know, practice with our kids. Well, besides like individuals, if they ask us, we haven't done anything. Like we're so all about making sure they're physically, emotionally and mentally in a good place. But we're also really good at making sure like we're not all over their business. So, you know, we we did something where all of us would each have a group of kids, all of us on staff, and we're reaching out to them on a weekly basis, seeing how they're doing. It's just once a week. Hey, how are you doing? Checking in. Hope you're well, whether it's a call, a text, whatever. So we've done that this whole entire time before they've all come up here. Just be like, hey, we're here for you. If you need us for whatever, just take care of yourself type of deal. So as much as we're staying connected, figuring things out what they're doing, we're also, hey, like have your space, whatever you need, we're here. But, you know, we're not going to be all over you. Awesome. Uh, Before I let you go, talking about, uh, I know you've done this in the past. I don't know if you're still keeping up with this, but where people can connect with you. And then also the blog and kind of the reason behind the blog. Yeah, that's a great question. So my blog, I I started it, I don't know, three years ago, four years ago. I want to say 2017 when I graduated. So my senior year, despite the fact that it all looked great with stats and everything, no one knows what goes on behind the scenes, you know, so it wasn't that easy. And I contemplated a lot for with playing. I just think there were some times I was going on then with athletics and different players at the University of Washington. And I felt like I had so much to say, but I didn't know on what platform to say it. And I feel like there's a lot of things that athletes go through that they're not allowed to talk about. So I felt I could use a blog to share people's experiences, including mine, as like what athletes go through at being a student athlete, because it's hard. I think people don't, they don't get enough credit for being student athletes. It's hard. I know now, you know, they got cost of attendance. They have all this stuff, you know, it's great. Don't get me wrong, but it's really hard. And then when you're so used to that and now you're off in the real world, you're like, what do I do? So I think um, just using my voice as a way, I, I think you can learn from everybody. I know I'm, you know, people put age and wisdom together. Don't believe that at all. It's all about your experiences. I think I've had plenty of experiences to, you know, give a little bit of, share my story. So that was mainly the the background behind that of why I started that, that blog. So I don't do it nearly enough. I should be way more consistent with it, but yeah. I would encourage you to keep that up. You are literally the second student athlete. Uh, the last one was you're in my office virtually 
the other one was seated right here across my desk from me that said basically the exact same word, a couple of the phrases that you said, the exact same thing. Yeah. Just the fact that they, you don't know what it's like. Right. And then even once it's gone, I mean, once it's right. either changes or is taken away, the void that that is left um, and the thoughts and the feelings that go go along with that. So right. I would encourage, I don't know if as a coach, if you necessarily always understand it or think about that, because typically you're, you're, you finish with the player, that player mm -hmm. goes on, you want them to have success, but you've got the next batch that comes in. And so you, right. that's not taken away from you like it is from the players. Right. Um, so definitely go, go check out her blog with that. Uh, did you want to give the web address for that? So that people Oh, it's uh, ShantaOsahar.com. That was easy enough. To read <laughs> enough. Coach, thank you so much for joining us today. It was a ton of great stuff and it was great to finally connect with you. Coach, thank you. Thank you for everything you do too. I literally still everything that you put on awesome. Twitter. So I really appreciate you. Awesome. Uh, coaching is just the uh, essence of theft. So I, I have no problem with that. Thanks awesome. so much for coming on. Awesome. Have a good one. That'll do it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you again at the next time out.